And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. The World of Myth Bits. Hey everybody, and welcome to the World of Mythbits podcast, episode 66, not from Route 66, and I will explain that in a minute. So, how's everybody doing this week? I've had an amazing week. I have been in California all week. My last podcast was from Florida, which I am heading back to tomorrow, but this week I have been in Victorville, California, hanging out with Dave and most of his family. Um getting ready for the Jason Mon Pop Culture Expo, which was Saturday. And that was just, oh my God, I had so much fun. It was really, really fun. There was a lot of people that showed up and there were a lot of vendors and the cosplayers were incredible. We had the um, local garrison of the 501st show up and their costumes are always just top notch. I mean, they look like they've walked right off a movie set. And we had uh, people that had made their own costume because there was a cosplay, the let me try it again, cosplay costume contest. And the, just the, some of the work that people put into these costumes, we had um, the content, the actual winners, the first place winners of the cosplay contest were two full-sized, like actual life-sized Daleks. And the gentleman that built them, he built them entirely from scratch himself. And they sat, the people that operated them actually sat inside them and they had a headset on. So when they spoke, it sounded just like the Daleks and they moved, they were motorized. So they were chasing people around. And at one point in time, there was a showdown between the purple Dalek and baby Yoda riding around on, I can't remember. It's the little, um, if you remember from Star Wars, when you're on Darth Vader's ship and they have those little remote control, little thingies, car thingies driving around. Yeah, one of those. Well, anyway, Baby Yoda was riding one of those. And the Dalek was chasing Baby Yoda all around and <laughs> up and down the aisles. But it was really neat to be here um, at the beginning of the week to kind of get a sense of what all was involved in putting this expo together. And... I mean, I talk to Dave every day, so I kind of knew what was going on, but to actually be here and witness it and be part of the never-ending running around from place to place and talking to people and going here to pick this up and going there to do that, and it was just, it was really incredible to see it all kind of take shape. And then Friday we did set up, and it was really neat, like we you'd go into this huge, I mean, it was huge building and it's completely empty there's nothing in there and then we started um get like the tables arrived and the chairs arrived and then the company that put up all the curtains and all the the curtain panels and that they arrived and they put all those up which was great because you know that was something on our list that we thought we were going to have to do so that kind of saved us time on friday we didn't have to set all that up and they got that put up lickety split. Like that was a well-oiled machine watching those things go up. And then once they had all that up, they followed the map that 
um, Dave had set out the way he wanted them. So we didn't even have to move them. We only had, to, I think we only had to move one section. But, you know, there were four of us and it moved fairly quickly. Um, we set up all the tables, taped out all the areas, set the chairs out, put all the passes, the guest passes, the writer's passes, author's, uh, ugh, writer passes, artist passes, celebrity passes, professional, this pa- passes coming out the yin-yang. Um, and that all went fairly quickly and we were actually finished ahead of schedule on Friday, which was unusual. But, uh, I think one of the highlights for me this week, other than, you know, getting to hang out with Dave and meeting him in person was meeting, um, Kevin Adams and getting to hang out with the myth master. That was very, very cool. And getting to meet Jeff Young and the open contract challenge winner, Melissa uh, Ridley Elms, she was there. Her table was actually right beside mine. So we spent all of Saturday just laughing and talking and <laughs> being silly. And if you look at the pictures that have been posted, we did not coordinate our outfits before we got there. It just happened that we both happened to be wearing corset type outfits and we kind of matched. It was really neat. But the energy there during the day was just one of excitement. And... um I didn't spend a whole lot of time sitting at my table because I was having more fun wandering around looking. I mean, I was having fun sitting at my table talking to people, but I wanted to see everything once it was all put together and everybody was in there and they had their booths set up and the cosplayers were walking around and I got voluntold to be, you know, cosplay show host because <laughs> our judges, we had um, Rebecca. Dave's sister and we had Kevin Adams with the two judges for the contest and I was sideshow entertainment. <laughs> but it was fun. You know, I, I, the power that I had to make a man in a cardboard knight's costume dance. That was, that was one of the highlights for me. <laughs> but it was, it was a great day. The turnout was astounding. There was at one point in time during the day, the hum of conversation was almost overwhelming because there were so many people that showed up that bought tickets at the door that had pre-bought they prepaid and bought their tickets beforehand um and everybody that i talked to that you know stopped by the table or that you know just kind of stopped in general to chit chat all said the same thing that they were so happy that this expo had come to the high desert that there wasn't anything here like that they usually had to travel a fair distance for something like that and that they were having so much fun it was such a great day like i can't i know i'm rambling and 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 i just can't express how much fun it was and what a huge success it was for a first time event i've been to um and you all know that i do ad astra and i do um a couple of other festivals and expos and i've been to first time shows where you know you're lucky if you get 20 people through the door i think we had 20 people through the door in the first 45 minutes of the doors opening um it was really cool to meet the celebrities and you know chat with them a bit and yeah the wrestling oh my gosh i have to i do have to admit i'm not you all know you've heard me say it a thousand times i am not a wrestling girl i've watched it because a friend asked me to. So I watched it. 
but I'm not a wrestling girl. And I've gone to see my friend, uh, I've gone to see Mike Lutz. I've watched him wrestle because, you know, support for Mike. And I do have to admit, watching it on TV is totally different than watching it ringside. And the wrestling event that happened at PCE, it was, it was so cool. <laughs> I have to, I gotta say it, you know, it, it almost hooked me. It was, you know, I want to go see more live events. I may, I'm not quite up to watching it on TV yet, but I want to go see more live events because you, when you're watching it live, you get, you're, you're swept up in the excitement and in the theat- theatrics of the wrestlers. And these guys were very theatrical. They put on a show. It wasn't just, you know, they didn't just go out there, throw each other around for a while and then leave. They engaged with the audience. They really put on an amazing show. So it was really good. Like there was something going on, something to see, something to watch, something to participate in pretty much from the time the doors opened until the last vendor left. There was something to do, something to see, something to experience. And I am really looking forward to next year because, you know, we can only go up from here. So it was really good. Now, as I said, I mentioned, oh, I don't know. How many, how many minutes in are we? Damn, we're only nine minutes in. I gotta slow down. I'm talking too fast. Okay. So my table was right next door to Melissa Ridley Elms, who was the open contract challenge winner for 2019. And we had a blast. She expressed to me that she had a really good time. She was really enjoying it. She goes to a lot of conventions, she said, and, and it was the first time she'd actually been on the opposite side of the table. So if you've ever been a vendor at an event like that, it's a different experience being on the other side of the table. Um, and she had a really good time. Now I mentioned this because starting next month, if you're interested in entering the Open Contract Challenge 2020, we will be starting to take, um, or if you want to be a judge, sorry, let me try that again. <laughs> and the thing is, is like all of the housekeeping that I'm supposed to do is all spelled out for me. I just basically have to read it. It's been a long week. Yesterday was a really long day. So, okay. If you're interested in being a judge for the Open Contract Challenge 2020, Email OCC at J-O-Y-Z-O-M-O-N dot com. That's OCC at J-Z-O-M-O-N dot com. And we can talk about you being a judge because we will be starting the contest up again. I'm not sure which month we'll be doing that in, but we're doing it again. Okay, so let me tell you about my week. <laughs> it's been fun. Um... I don't know if you've been following along on my page. So you've seen my pictures posted, you know, the terrified look of me before I got on the plane. And I'm very proud of myself because I actually got on a plane. And all of my friends know that I have always, always said, I will never go anywhere if I can't drive to it. Now, technically, I can drive to California. And I did look into it. It would have been a 35-hour drive. That's a little far. So I put on my big girl panties, sucked it up, and I got on the plane. Now, I get it. You know, I'm not rich and famous. I'm not going to ride in, okay, what do they call it now? I don't know. I can't remember. 
first class anyway. So we're in there. We're wed- we're not really wedged in. Like I had a little bit of elbow room and the girl that was sitting beside me was toothpick sized, So she didn't take up a whole lot of room. And I had a window seat. I figured if I'm going to be terrified, I'm going to be terrified with a view. So we're taxiing down the runway and I'm thinking, oh, this isn't too bad. And then all of a sudden we're off the ground. <laughs> I'm thinking, all right, okay, breathe. I'm still breathing. This is good. I'm still alive. We haven't crashed. And it was, I was sidetracked by watching out the window as the ground got farther and farther and farther and farther away. And I probably would have been a whole lot more afraid and shaking a whole lot more if I could actually pull myself out of my seat. The G-force in a plane when you're going up, holy moly, that is, that's something I've never experienced before, short of, um, one of the really good roller coasters at Canada's Wonderland. And all of my Canadian listeners will know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, I am referring to the bat. Okay. So we get up into the air and you don't realize how loud a plane is until your ears pop. And then you're like, wow, that's really loud. So we get up there and I'm looking out the window and I'm thinking, okay, I've survived. Takeoff wasn't horrible. It wasn't great. I'm not fond of it, but it wasn't horrible. And we level, finally level out and, you know, the, the flight attendants, I think they're called now, can't call them stewardesses anymore either. Flight attendants were allowed to, you know, you're allowed to freely roam around the cabin. So they say, and I'm like, nope, nope, seatbelt staying on. I did not remove my seatbelt once the entire flight. I made sure I went to the bathroom before I got on the plane. I didn't drink anything before, during the trip, nothing. I was not going to have any reason to have to get out of my seat. So they're doing their thing. And now my flight took off at 630 in the morning, 630 in the morning to Vegas, to Las Vegas. That's where I flew into. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, it's fairly early in the morning. People are going to be drinking their coffee. They're flying to whatever. Oh, no, 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 no. Alcohol was served on the flight. And as soon as the stewardesses were, the flight attendants were allowed to move around, there were people ordering their, you know, scotch on the rocks. Damn, it's at six o'clock in the morning. I can't even think of anything beyond coffee at six o'clock in the morning. I don't even remember my name at that time of the morning. Never mind, you know, anything else. But the flight was fairly uneventful. Um, We had sunshine for most of the flight, so that was nice. I could see the ground and, you know, most of the trip was over water, which was a little scary. I won't lie. I was afraid. That's one of, one of my biggest fears is, you all know, is sharks. I won't go on big boats because, you know, sharks. And one of the aspects of my fear of flying was flying over water where there's sharks. And I looked out the window at one point in time and sure enough, we're over water and I know darn well there are sharks down there in that water. So that's when the headphones went on and I turned my tablet on and I watched a couple of shows that I had downloaded specifically for the trip to kind of keep my mind occupied. And then I think I dozed off and on a little bit and I looked out the window again at one point and I couldn't see anything. We were in some pretty heavy clouds So it was like gray above me, gray below me, gray all around me. We were in a cloud. It was, that was an interesting experience. And then we hit turbulence. Mm -hmm. Yep. We hit turbulence. I still think part of my stomach is somewhere over Denver. 
that uh, I can't describe, you can't describe turbulence to somebody who's never experienced. I've had people explain it to me and it's like, okay, I, yeah, okay, sure. You think you understand it. Nope, you don't. Not until you've hit it. You're flying in air, air, air. It should not feel like you're going down a bumpy road that's just been graded. So you've got the washboard effect. No, that should not happen in air. And of course, you know, I have the window seat and my seat is right beside the wing. As we're flying along, you know, we're hitting the turbulence. I look out and the wing's doing this wobbly wonky thing. And I'm thinking that shouldn't do that. I'm pretty sure that part of the wing is just fiberglass. It should not do that. <laughs> that's not good. Um, yeah, so that, you know, woke me up. I, I did have a death grip on the armrests of my seat for, oh, I'd say a good 45 minutes. And then we got through the clouds, we got past the turbulence, and I could see ground again. I'm not exactly sure where we were. I think, and I know we were, we were fairly close to Vegas, and it may have, it was like this, it was like a separating line. I'm looking, we're flying and it's all mountains and, you know, snow covered mountains and very rocky looking terrain. I mean, I couldn't see up close on the ground, but there were mountains, lots and lots of mountains. And then all of a sudden it was like this crisp line along the base of every mountain as far as the eye could see. And then nothing but flat sand. It was, it was a rather stunning change from the mountains to the sand. And I, I did catch a few pictures of it. Um, the way my window was angled though, it was kind of hard to get picture, good pictures. So, but it was really neat. And, um, that kind of caught my attention. So I was distracted from the fact that I was 36,000, did you say 36? I think you said we were 36,000 feet in the air. Um, and it was a good thing that I did keep my seatbelt on because every time the seatbelt sign would go off and people would start moving around, the minute they stood up, we would hit turbulence again and the seatbelt sign would come back on and they were all told to return to their seats and put their seatbelts back on. And so I, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not taking it off. No, not happening. <laughs> I'm going down. I'm going down with my seat attached to me. So I'm not fond of taking off, but I do have to admit that taking off is far better than landing. Landing is very abrupt. You, you would think it would be just as smooth as taking... No. No. When they engage those brakes, you're trucking along at a fair clip and then all of a sudden, you stop. And I do recommend when you are... If you've never flown before, I do recommend that when you do see that tarmac and it's fairly close to the plane, sit back in your seat. I was leaning forward looking out the window and when he put the brakes on, I slammed my forehead into the seat and scared the poor guy in front of me because he was sound asleep. So don't lean forward when you're landing. Um, so we flew into Vegas, and I could see, we flew over the Hoover Dam, which was neat. I've never seen the Hoover Dam before, so it was really neat to see it from the air. And you, you really get a sense of just how massive that thing really is. So yeah, I got some pictures of the Hoover Dam, and I could see, the only distinguishable feature that I could see from the air in Vegas was actually, um, Caesar's palace, the huge, it's huge. And you can see it plain as I didn't know what it was until I had landed. And, um, Dave and I were driving 
back to like driving to California from Vegas and we went by it. And I'm like, I saw that from the air. Um, I did see the pyramid and the Sphinx from the tarmac. I got pictures and I have seen it now at night lit up, which is really cool. So I did get to see some of Vegas and I thought the airport in Tampa was huge. Just trying to get from one end of it to the other to where my flight was taking off. I was at like the opposite end. Uh, you come in the one end and my flight was at the opposite end of the airport. So, you know, you're running your way through it. And, um, yeah, Las Vegas airport, McCarran, I think it's called is huge. And you can tell the minute you get off the plane that you are in Vegas. There are slot machines everywhere. I mean, everywhere. You can't turn without bumping into a slot machine. And then they have these little rooms that you can, like little glass cubes that you can go in that have slot machines. Um, yeah, it was really neat. So anyway, Dave picked me up at the airport and we drove to California, which was an interesting experience for me because it's a totally different landscape. I've never seen a landscape like that. I mean, I come from right now the land of ice and snow, but we have gently rolling hills. We do have mountains, but not like the mountains they have here. And we have green. Everything is green in the summer and the spring and multicolored in the fall, but generally green. And um, leafy green. We have leafy green trees. We don't have palm trees. So to see such a, a barren landscape for miles and miles and miles, nothing but sand and Joshua trees, which really look like kind of cactuses on steroids. <laughs> they really do. They are a weird looking tree. Um, it was an interesting experience for me. That was, that was something that, uh, it was new and it was something I've never seen before. So I have a ton, I've snapped a ton of landscape pictures and mountain pictures and tree pictures and, you know, sand pictures. <laughs> I have more sand pictures, I think, than I have anything else. Um, so yeah, and that, that was, that was, uh, my arrival in California. So it was pretty good. It was pretty fun. And so I checked into my hotel and I was all excited because it was on route 66 and I knew this was going to be episode 66. So it was going to be like episode 66 from route 66. I'm not on route 66 anymore. I have been moved. Um, checked into my hotel. And the first thing that I noticed when I checked into the room, because I, I am, I am thrifty. I am cheap. Okay. I'll just, I'm going to say it. I'm cheap. I'm broke and I'm cheap. So when I booked my, my hotel room, I went for the cheapest. And I mean, the pictures looked nice. It looked like a nice hotel and the reviews weren't horrible. So I thought, okay, you know, it's close to the venue. I, it's in my price range. Perfect. I understand that marijuana is legal in California. It's legal in the entire country of Canada. I get it. I don't use it. I don't have anything against people that do. But when you check into a non-smoking room in a non-smoking area, you don't expect to open the door and walk in and that's what you smell. But I didn't say anything. So I was there, I think, three nights and like I said, every day was spent running with, I was with Dave and Rebecca, Dave's sister and Zoe and Lily, my, my, my pet monster and my minion. Those are my nicknames for them. They're, oh, those two girls, they're just the adorable. They're so adorable. Anyway, 
I digress. So I think we left, we left in the afternoon and I'm an environment, environmentally conscious person. I don't like leaving a lot of lights on. So I left one light on so that I could see when we came back in because we seemed to have this habit of coming back when it was dark. So we come back and I open the door to my room and every single light is on in my room and my fridge is open. I'm thinking, what the, wait a minute, that's not right. I'm pretty sure I turned all the lights off, but one. And I wouldn't have left the fridge open because when I got here on Monday, I went and bought groceries because I wasn't going to eat out the entire week because not in my budget. So we started looking around and there was, I had some medication that was missing. So the decision was made because somebody had obviously been in my room that I was not staying at that hotel any longer. So I checked out and I was told to come back and speak to the general manager. I told them somebody had been in my room. This is what we had noticed. And I checked out and I'm now staying at the Travel Lodge, <laughs> which is a much nicer hotel. And um, when I come back for the next expo, I know I will be staying here and it'll be a little more expensive, but my peace of mind is worth it. So, yeah, that's why it's not episode 66 from Route 66, because, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm not going to stay in a hotel where people can come and go freely from my room. But now the hotel is, is claiming nobody accessed my room. But, you know, of course, they're going to say that. They're not going to paint themselves in a bad light. But whatever. I'm Canadian. I'll fight it. I'll do it nicely and politely. And I'll say, you know, thank you and I'm sorry. But nah, -uh. <laughs> Not happening. So, yeah, we are now. I am now over on. I don't even know where I am. I couldn't tell you where I am. I have no idea. I did drive once while I was here, though. Rebecca and I had to go and get stuff, so I got to drive. And I, I will say that I thought, as, as a general rule, I thought American drivers were crazy. Um, Vegas drivers scare the hell out of me. California drivers are not much better. Y'all are nuts. Good heavens. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know where I am, but I have food near me, so I'm good. But I fly out tomorrow and I go back to Florida. So this is my last day here at Hotel California. It sucks. Okay, so I do have a bit more housekeeping. I kind of got sidetracked. Um, oh, if anybody wants to get a hold of Dave for anything business or anything else, I have been told to inform you. No. <laughs> don't do it not until um next week he is out of order for the rest of the week because he is broken um this man did not stop the entire week i'm not exactly sure if he even slept he, yeah so no he needs he needs a couple of days like the rest of the week basically to decompress and um probably try and get his feet and his legs to start talking to him again. I know myself just from all the running that I did on Friday setting up and then Saturday, you know, working my booth and helping with whatever running around on Saturday that it's going to take a few days before my feet have decided they're going to forgive me. So I can only imagine what he's feeling. So yeah, if you have anything that you want to talk to him business wise, 
probably best to wait until uh, Monday or Tuesday of next week. Okay, let me see. What else do we have here? Uh, okay, did that, did that, just did that. Oh, and we will be putting more focus now that we have that the PCE is over and done with and we actually have Dave's full attention again. Um, we're going to be putting a lot more into the magazine and um, focusing more on the magazine and getting it out there to you guys. More stories, more artwork, just making it the best magazine that we can. I mean, we took, we kind of slacked off a little bit for January because, well, you know, Dave was a basket case and I wasn't going to push the issue. So, <laughs> but starting this month, you know, things will get back to where we were and you'll be back to the jam packed magazines that you're used to. So that's that. Now, let me see. What are we at? We are at 28 minutes. I'm honestly surprised that I still have a voice because I've done a whole lot of talking this week for some ungodly known reason. I don't know. I don't do a lot of talking at home. But um, yesterday when uh, we were doing the cosplay, um, there was a sound system set up, but those of us that were standing there at that point in time had absolutely no idea how to use it. And those that know me well and have known me for a long time know I have a really big mouth and a really loud voice. I used to do theater in public school and high school and music festivals. So I can project to the back of a room. So I was basically the megaphone for (laughs) anything that needed to be announced. So yeah, I'm surprised I still have a voice and this isn't going to be an overly long podcast because I'm straining it now. I can feel it. You can probably hear it too. Hang on, I have to pause for the cause. So, yeah, I do have to, I want to, I want to talk again about the cosplayers because I have great respect for anybody that has that talent and that ability to see a costume that they want to either create from nothing, like just an idea they have in their head, which, and I say that because there was one guy that was there and Melissa and I were watching him kind of walking around and we're trying to figure out who he was, like what his, his cosplay was. Uh, I mean, at first we were thinking game of Thrones because it had like that wolf fur cloak kind of look to it. And then we were kind of thinking, well, maybe Lord of the Rings because it had an elven look to it. And he did come over and he was looking, he was talking to Melissa about her books and she finally came, okay, what are you? What? Tell us about your costume. And what he had done is he had taken his D&D character and created the character costume for his D&D character. And it was a wizard. So it was, and it was incredible, like the detail that he had in this. I mean, he had the leather strapping and he had all the pouches attached to it, all the the, um, spell pouches and the vials for all of the potions. Um, he had his, um, mana bag. It was just like the detail he'd put into all of it was just incredible. And he didn't actually enter. He came after the cosplay contest had happened. Um, but the ones that were there, like we had, I think there were, 
I bet at minimum there were 10 entries for the cosplay contest, which is great for a first time event. Um, and the detail that they'd done, like I said, the Daleks won, obviously won first place because he built these things from scratch by hand. And then our second place winner was a Ghostbuster. He had dressed up. He had the, the jumpsuit, the proton pack, the trap, everything. And he built that by hand. He built the proton pack, the trap, the whole nine yards by hand. And he used 3D laser printing and all the pieces that were supposed to be metal. He would order those pieces and put them all together because he wanted it to look as close to what you see in the movie as possible. I mean, this thing lit up and it had smoke that came out of it and the trap opened and there was a light that, it was really, really cool. And our third place winner was a Supreme, he was the Supreme Knight and his entire costume was made out of cardboard boxes, but it was folded almost like origami. So it had those layers like armor does, you know, the, the, um, I can't even think, uh, to think scales kind of like the the scaling that they do in the chain mill that they do the layering but it was all done in cardboard and like he had a full helm the whole nine yards i mean i don't even know what the guy looked like for real underneath his helm because he never took it off he stayed in character the entire time and that's something else that that you know i give props to them for because i i'm my personality is bigger than life to begin with but i could not put on a costume and walk around and stay in costume and engage. Like I just, I don't have that kind of courage. So those that can do it, it just amazes me. And um, like the Daleks were all over the place, chasing people and, you know, the little pinchers that they have, they're trying to grab. It was just, it was hilarious. And the night he stayed in costume, he stayed in character. Um, Higgins, who was the Ghostbuster, he was he was in character the entire time, uh, except when he was going to get his celebrity autograph. Then he was he was a giggly fanboy and all nervous, and it was it was really cute to see. But uh, yeah, like the costume, the quality, and the time and the effort that they put in, like I think it was um, the Supreme costume. Yeah, he. He started his costume for the cosplay contest three weeks before the expo. So he worked on that costume for three weeks before the expo in anticipation of the contest. So like that kind of dedication just blows me away. But yeah, you know, you didn't come this year. You guys missed out. Huge missed out. So you guys all have to be here next year. And there is a rumor, and it's just a rumor at the moment, but it's a pretty, I, I would put money on this rumor that there is going to be something called Scare Fair in October. So you might want to mark that on your calendar because that is going to be entirely, if not minimum 90% horror themed. So you can only imagine what kind of stuff is going to be there and be going on because I think Dave set a precedent for his expos that it's not just you don't just go and there's not just vendors and celebrities and that's it that there's going to be stuff going on there's going to be shows that you can see while you're there like pce had the wrestling and i'm pretty sure there's going to be wrestling every year at pce so there's going to be stuff 
<laughs> so scarefare, there's going to be stuff and it's going to scare you. I, I have an inside track, so I kind of have an idea of what's going on. Um, okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a little, a little teaser, a little taste of what you might, well, what you will experience. You know, I'm going to say will, and then I'm just, now Dave's committed. He has to do it. <laughs> or, you know, he can fire me. One, one or the other. Anyway, um, there will be an actual haunted maze at Scarefair. And I don't think something like that's ever been done at an expo before. So that's going to be something really, really cool. And I may or may not go into the haunted maze. I may or may not do the haunted maze and come screaming, running out as a chicken. You never know. So October, Scarefair. It is happening. I'm, I'm just saying it now. I'm, it's happening. It's going to happen. It's happening. And there will be a haunted maze. And for those that scare easy, um, you might want to make sure that you are escorted from your car because, you know, zombies, scary stuff, people with chainsaws, it can happen. It probably will. If I know the people organizing Scarefare, and I, I know the people organizing Scarefare, it's going to live up to its name. You will be scared at least once, probably before you even get in the building you will be scared. So, okay. I think I am going to wrap this up for this week. Um, next week I will be back in Florida and I will be focusing on the magazine. Our deadline is coming up in five days. So get your stuff in. And I want to say congratulations to, again, to Stephen Bruce, in case you didn't see the live, um, announcement that Dave and I made from PCE, Stephen Bruce won member of the month for his poem, A Tragedy. And if you heard me talk about it in the magazine review, it was like five lines, but they were incredibly impactful lines. Like it was, you read those and it, it just, like that poem, it still sticks with me. Like I understand, I completely understand how it won member of the month because it's, it's something that makes you just it made me do some thinking and some reevaluating of things. So yeah, go and check out his poem called a tragedy and it's in our January issue. So congratulations, Steve. And I will talk to you all next week from, I'm hoping I'm going to try and do this, but I don't think so. Cause it's pretty noisy, but I will be poolside at some point. I'm going to be poolside on my birthday. So there you go. I will talk to you guys all next week. Don't forget to go and check us out at www.theworldofmyth.com. You can find us on Facebook at The World of Myth Magazine or The World of Myth Bits Podcast. You can catch us on Twitter at The World of Myth Magazine and The World of Myth Bits Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Lupa B. You can find me on Facebook at Stephanie Barty Author. You can find me on Instagram at Author Stephanie Barty. Or it's the other way around for those two. I always get them mixed up. And don't forget to go to jazohub.com and click on the podcast link and you can check out all of the podcasts on our network and the ones that we have for syndicated Saturdays. Okay, I think that is it for this week. I will chat with you guys all next week. See ya. (laughs) 
the world of Mythbits.